welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Today we have Amy and Marla, Craig, Dennis, and Carrie, and Jesper. Good to have everyone. I'd like to welcome Jesper today for his first. Is that the way I say that? Jesper? Is that correct? Uh, it's pronounced Jesper. Jesper. Okay, Jesper. Thank you, sir. Kerry's back again. I don't know why, but he's back. That's good, Kerry. I'm glad you're here, sir. I have my own reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're Thank good. Thank you so much. Any announcements? Uh, Craig, announce the Facebook part, Facebook group, please. Excellent. So it's the Diver Understanding Podcast Facebook page. It's the exact same logo as what's on the um, on the podcast. So in the past two weeks, we've had Jesper join the group. So welcome. We've had Montana, Christina, and Lily as well. So welcome to the group. Um, Buddy might sound a bit strange because he's he's in Florida, um, and is he's blaming his Wi-Fi. So if he sounds a bit weird, then that's what it is. If you join the meeting, you can see us all laughing with him, not at him. Thank you, Craig. We still have the 9 p.m. Eastern online meeting of AA. ZoomAAMeetings.com will get you there. Open discussion every night with a speaker on Saturdays. I chair Fridays normally, and Amy chairs on uh, Sundays and does a, a beginner breakout on Fridays. So good stuff. Good stuff, guys. And then if you go to the Check out buddyc.org, too. I, I built that for a couple of reasons. One was to share the content of what we're learning that comes out of this podcast, including the books that we use. I, I have a list of those on the homepage where you can easily find which books there are that we reference. Uh, I've got resources there, a whole a list of recovery resources, lots of other information there that would be good to check out. If it suits you, if you enjoy this, you'll enjoy that. So good stuff. Our story today, the inner law, the inner law. This is from what we're doing. We're taking a couple of weeks a month and reading through uh, Thomas Merton's translation of Chauncey's work. That is one of the essential Tao teachings with uh, the Tao Te Ching. And we're getting close to the end of the book. We've got several more, but we're starting to pepper in some verses of the Tao Te Ching and different things. And I want to look at some other texts, too, as we move forward. So uh, just just good stuff that we can learn from. Marla, will you read this for us, ma'am? I'd be happy to. The inner law. He whose law is within himself walks in hiddenness. His acts are not influenced by approval or disapproval. He whose law is outside himself directs his will to what is beyond his control and seeks to extend his power over objects. He who walks in hiddenness has light to guide him in all his acts. He who seeks to extend his control is nothing but an operator. While he thinks he is surpassing others, others see him merely straining stretching to to stand on tiptoe. When he tries to extend his power over objects, those objects gain control of him. 
He who is controlled by objects loses possessions of loses possession of his inner self. If he no longer values himself, he how can he value others? If he no longer values others, he is abandoned. He has nothing left. There is no deadlier weapon than the will. The sharpest sword is not equal to it. There is no robber so dangerous as nature, yang and yin. Yet it is not nature that does the damage. It is man's own will. Marla, can I get a... I did a, a visual with my hand, like, oh my goodness. You know, I, I do say this about every verse, but this this particular reading just really hit me hard because, um, I'm, you know, I read it as um, living with integrity. Yeah. And, uh, I've always been trying to do that. And I don't know how successful, but I try to do that. So it was a, that's what I, I took from part of it. I've already had a regular listener contact me that they saw the reading on the Facebook page and were waiting on the audio because they were excited about this, that it was so good. I've never had someone do that before. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Um, any comments, guys, on this? The inner law. He who's law is within himself oh carrie go ahead sir sorry it took me a while to get the hand raised (laughs) that's okay but uh no i just uh i i want i feel like i'm this is telling me something important and i'm sorry like it makes sense up here it's just hard to get it out sometimes so you have to forgive me (laughs) um but uh when i look at the um um, the, the first part of it, it to me, it was like I should go by my authentic self and stop worrying what other people think about me, whether they approve or disapprove. And um, and then you know what from there on, like if you do that, if you're going, if you're doing stuff just for people's approval or disapproval, all these other things can happen to you that are bad. And um, and that's kind of where you know. I find myself in a lot of my experience. I feel like I'm doing things for other people's approval or disapproval. And I don't get the reaction I was expecting. You know, I feel um, disappointed or if I do get a good reaction then I feel better, but you know, that's not really what I should be looking for. I should just be following my authentic self. And, I mean, there's so much more in this, but just in that first paragraph, that's my take on it. Thank you, Carrie. Um, his acts are not influenced by approval or disapproval. Man, that is me up and down. I still see so many of my, the things I do seeking approval or not wanting disapproval. <laughs> as long as you don't disapprove of me, I'm okay. <laughs> you don't have to approve. Just don't disapprove. <laughs> Does that resonate with anybody? I yeah, the podcast can't see us shaking our heads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how he says he whose law is within himself. This is all talking about being governed from within. So taking the separation between what is within ourselves and what is outside of ourselves. So if if we're governed by what is within, we're not going to be influenced by approval and disapproval. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, <clears throat> the thing that that stood out for me, um, there is no deadlier weapon than the will. That reminds me of self-will. You know, um, going back to um, the recovery that I'm in in, in the big book, uh, where that's that's what's gonna self-will is gonna it's gonna kill us. Uh, you know, we've, we've been, uh, we've been the director, we've been the actor, we've been, you know, been controlled by people, places and things. Um, and it's driven us to a point of, of, um, a fear of losing that control, uh, from, from my own, uh, experiences. Like, you know, if, uh, if the world didn't go according to me, you know, um, that was not a good place for me to be. And, and funny enough, you know, people, places, and things just did what they did. Um, uh, and no matter how much self-will or control I tried to muster into it, like it, it always backfired. So, so that that uh, that that line, you know, that uh, definitely hit something with me. Um, that that is. That's dear to my recovery. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesper. You, you. I'm sorry though, but you're not, you're not qualified yet on your first time here to quote the big book before Amy does. I hope she doesn't get a resentment over. <laughs> no, I don't have a resentment. I was like, yes, thank you. I will pull out pages though. Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. There's something in this that's telling me just to mind my own business. What's, what's, what's going on with other people is absolutely none of my business. The man who is, I've, I've not got it in front of me, I'm, I'm going to parrot that. The man, the man who's, who's governed or the man who keeps his rules on his inside, that's the stuff that I do for myself. It's not up to me to say how Dennis should be living his life. It's not up to me to say how you guys should be doing this, that, and other. Um, it's, it's really, you know, it's really a case of, look, Craig, just you keep your side of the street clean. And this this is how your recovery goes. This this is how this is how you are going to get on in life. Just you mind your own damn business. Never mind what anybody else is doing. Um, if there's some if there's something that bothers you about what other people are doing, take it to Buddy. And then Buddy will tell you, Craig, it's none of your damn business. Take it to your sponsor, right? Take it, yeah. Take it other way. You never take things to the group. You never, you never take your. your here's one for you, and you can, you can have this one for free. You never take your inexperiences, your weaknesses, and your dispersed means. Isn't that right, buddy? You take all that to yeah, your. Yeah, if, you, if you've got a sponsor, you take your your inexperienced weakness and despair to your sponsor. You share your experience, strength, and hope in a meeting. Now, if you don't have a sponsor yet. We all have done that. We've all taken that to the meeting. It's better to use the meeting as a sponsor than have no sponsor at all. But uh, that, that'll work at first. It did at first for me, but it won't work for very long. So, yeah, exactly, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Marla? You know, I, I mean, I'm going to just uh, piggyback on what Jesper was talking about, the will, because in, in my it, – it just in my thinking, I think uh, that – it's just a big design flaw that God gave us free will because no other creature on this earth, as far as we know, has free will except for us and we fuck it up. So 
I just, I don't understand. It's a big thing. I don't understand why in our creation we got, we got this, this free will bullshit. Anyways, um, this, this verse also, it's funny that it's kind of towards the end because it kind of sums everything up that we, you know, that we learn from the rest of it, you know, to shut up, sit down and shut up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dennis. Yes, I was really, now she was piggybacking off of, of Jesper, but but I, I got to piggyback off Greg. I really like to hear that in reverse because I heard in recovery that what other people don't think about me is none of my business. And I really, I really took that to heart with my insecurity. I always wondered how I could have such a big ego with such a low, <laughs> such, such a low self-esteem, but I could. And, and, and now hearing it in reverse, it actually makes sense too. And it brings me to, uh, I forgot that guy, that Christian guy, the road sermon of the Mount. What's his name? Fox. Emmett Fox. Oh, Emmett Fox. That is. Yes. He said, blessed is the peacemakers. And it's not those peacemakers that goes into the fire points in the world that goes out there and create peace and in war zones. It's actually a peace within. And that is pretty much what I get out of this text here, that, that you have a peace within if you don't seek approval, if you don't do all that. And um, and that brings me to my my personal story with, with experience with that. When, when when I do some odd work, it's kind of funny. I think it's the most brilliant thing at some point, and I'm so excited about it. And I go past my wife, and then in a funny way, I say, "Oh, you don't know how brilliant I am." And 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 I say it with with a, with a in a in a funny way, but but still, I want that affirmation from her. <laughs> I want that validation that oh, look how great I am, right? And then I actually came to this turning point uh, about a week ago when I was sick from COVID. I said, hey, wait a minute, do I have to be that guy that wants to? Say, oh, look how great this is. How about if it's the other way around that it's actually the piece of art that's creating me somehow? If I turn that around and say, oh. Actually, that's the one that creates the artist within me. And then I don't take any credit because that artist is just something that is meant to be seen by somebody. It doesn't really care about anything, right? So if I could just turn that around, that reminds me of, of the whole nature thing with the yin and yang. It's actually cool that it says that there's no robber so dangerous as nature. And then they say yin and yang, the male and the female and the, and the opposites and all that. But but then the, the the last part of the stanza says that it's really man's own will that does it. So without <laughs> without that um, perception that other people are the one that does the damage to you, then then you're hurting yourself. It's really yourself that's doing it. It's it's not what you think it is. It's not the nature. It's not what is happening around you. It's really your, your own self uh, that's doing that. That's that was interesting. So. Good stuff. Thank you, Dennis. Craig. Dennis, see when you walk past your wife and you remind her, you know, you remind her how good you are at things. Do you also remind her how lucky she is? Oh yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't just did you, did you get the same do you get the same reaction that Amy's just given us? Just <laughs> that roll I could hear Amy's eyes roll. <laughs> I do that with Louise as well. Do you know how lucky you are to have somebody who asked me? I told her I would marry a man like me. <laughs> I really do. I tell her that a lot. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
Amy. Hey, um, this is perfect timing based on what was just said. Um, so what all of this reminded me of is um, the 12 and 12. Uh, the primary fact that we fail to recognize is our total inability to form a true partnership with another human being. Our egomania digs two disastrous pitfalls. Either we insist upon dominating the people we know or we depend upon them far too much. If we lean too heavily on people, they will sooner or later fail us for they are human too and cannot possibly meet our incessant demands. In this, I've still got a little bit more to go. Sorry, but this is good. In this way, our insecurity grows and festers. When we habitually try to manipulate others to our own willful desires, they revolt and resist us heavily. Then we develop hurt feelings, a sense of persecution, and a desire to retaliate. As we redouble our efforts at control and continue to fail, our suffering becomes acute and constant. Here it is. We have not once sought to be one in a family, to be a friend among friends, to be a worker among workers, to be a useful member of society. Always. We tried to struggle to the top of the heap or to hide underneath it. This self-centered behavior blocked a partnership relation with any one of us, any one of those about us, a true brotherhood. We have small comprehension. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. If you notice, each of these verses have uh, within and then an exterior, like like the first part of the first one says, he who walk, whose law is within, then it says he whose law is outside of himself, directs his will to what is beyond his control and seeks to extend his power over objects. Reminds me of taking something heavy and trying to, it's too heavy for me to pick up and I try to hold it out. And I can't, that kind of uh, uh, has to do, for me, the control is the uh, acceptance of what is. If I don't accept what is, I'm going to try to exert power and control over it. That's good. Like in recovery, if you're taking uh, control over being a sponsor over somebody, oh, that's big, right? Oh, look what I'm doing. They couldn't have done this without me. You don't see that happen too often, though, Dennis. When it does happen, they usually, uh, that's uh, that's short-lived. It is. It is. more of, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. You still hear it. It's it's a subtle thing in in, in meetings when you hear, when you're mentoring that you're sponsoring others, well, I'm working with somebody. It's those small little things. As soon as you're trying to take credit for your good deeds, it's kind of, it's it's not a good deed anymore. Then you're doing it to to uh, to appear good, right? You're extending your power beyond your control, right? Yes, that's exactly what you're doing right there. When you, oh yeah, when I'm working with this, this is what we're doing. Or with, when I'm working with that person, so small little indiscreet things, right? Yeah. Uh, Craig, you just mentioned about the about running with the will. Um, and it, I'm reading, I'm, I mentioned this earlier on as well, I'm reading The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer with um, two of my sponsees at the moment. It's a fantastic book. Um, and he's, he's explaining the experiment that he's going to do. Uh, and, and basically his mindset is saying, am I better off making an alternative reality in my mind and then fighting with reality to make it be my way or am I better off letting go of what I want and serving the same forces of reality that managed to create the entire perfection of the universe around me? Uh, 
So he's basically saying, like, you know, what's, what's the best way to do the things? Just, just take it in and try and exert my will on things and try and change it. Or mm-hmm. just keep things to myself and, you know, just not try and run the world on, on my willpower. This next verse, Craig, says, He who walks in hiddenness has light to guide him in all his acts. He who seeks to extend his control is nothing but an operator. Mm-hmm. While he thinks he is surpassing others, Others see him merely straining, stretching, and straining and stretching us to stand on tiptoe. It says there that he walks in the one that walks in hiddenness, the one that's being uh, uh, controlled from within, um, has light to guide him. Doesn't say he creates light or that he's the source of the light. It just says light is there to guide him in all of his acts. Yeah, haven't we haven't we spoke about a verse in the doubt that it talks about being on tiptoes or hanging off hanging on a ladder? He is, is not in yeah, front. Yeah, verse twenty four. If somebody wants to look that up, it's uh, I can't read it on my phone. So uh, it's verse twenty four is the one that talks about that. Right, I have uh, it. And, and it's interesting how others perceive us differently when we're trying to get their approval or concerned about their disapproval. I thought that was interesting. It says that he thinks he's surpassing others, that he's doing better, but they only see him as uh, he's nothing but an operator. And I don't know what that operator would mean. In other words, he's just a manipulator, a controller. He's just, Sounds like you it. know, it's not authentic, maybe. Uh, Jesper? Yeah. Um, well, what I see is like it's, it's the ego, like the guy who, who walks in the hidden, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't take... Um, He's not doing it to, you know, he's not doing it to look good. You know, he's doing it for exactly. service. You know, he's, uh, he doesn't need, you know, his, his pride and, and the pat on the shoulder for, you know, like, look at me, I did well, you know, and I think the guy who, you know, is, is controlled by object, you know, who is controlled by everything external wants that validation all the time. And, and without that, he can't, he can't function, but the guy who is just, looking in the, in the shadows and, and it's not recognized, you know, he, uh, he doesn't need, he need, he doesn't need that validation. Like he, he's enough um, just by being and, and, you know, probably staying close to the Tao. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this That's is a re- another reason. And I don't, I, I didn't realize that sponsors would come into this conversation, but, uh, a note I have beside that stanza is that others can see the truth about us more clearly than we do. And a lot of times that's what a sponsor does for me. When, when I do a fifth step and with a sponsor or when I'm with my sponsor or when I'm, I communicate an issue with him that I'm working through. A lot of times he can see me much cl- more clearly than I can see myself. Mm. And I I didn't see that in this first at first. Mm. Uh, And that next little phrase gives us another some more insight on the objects, because it says when he tries to extend his power over objects, those objects gain control of him. So we we actually the thing that we're trying to control gains control over us. Yes, so he actually becomes the operated one over over the things that he's trying to. It's actually those things he's operating. Yes, 
Ah, that's good, Dennis. Thank you. Ah, that's good. That's how he's uh, he's being operated. He's being he's being he thinks he is the puppeteer when in reality he's really the puppet. <laughs> that's actually how it works, right? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Next page. He who is controlled by objects loses possession of his inner self. If he no longer values himself, how can he value others? If he no longer values others, he is abandoned and has nothing left. I've got a couple of notes there. Our worth is the value that we place on others. Uh, and then the ideas that we learn, the paradoxical paradoxical ideas we learn of uh, love others as you want to be loved, treat others as you want to be treated. That whole idea that I learned, I learned to love myself when uh, I choose to love others. That's how it worked for me. And it's kind of that reciprocal. It's a circle. And I don't know where one ends and the other begins. You know, it's just that self-giving kind of love when we start walking in that where I'm, you know, I'm concerned about you for another reason than I'm just concerned about you. Then I really see people concerned about me. It, it works that way. It's not a, a codependency kind of thing. It's not a reward or a validation thing. It's, it's really, and until you experience that, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to see. It's hard to comprehend, but that, that really is how it, how it's worked for me. Hmm. Has nothing left. If he has no value, if he has no longer value, seems if he continues to try to control objects, he loses that inner self. Amy. Yeah, so, you know, this sounds like, oh, this is terrible, terrible things. You know, you're being controlled by external materialistic things. But, like, that's what it took for me to get here. Like, I had to be controlled by alcohol or drugs or whatever that, you know, money, men, those were in there too, right? I mean, like, all of those Things outside me controlled me until I had nothing left. And which is, I don't know where I'm really going with this, except that emptiness that I've been trying to get to, or maybe I'm not even trying to really get to the emptiness. It's just, I'm okay being empty because all that other shit's gone now. I don't know if this is making any sense, but yeah, he is abandoned. And it's so that word, the very first fear on my fear list was the fear of abandonment, mm -hmm. the fear of being alone, which is very paradoxical to my absolutely enjoying being alone now. Because <laughs> my being alone at perfect peace and ease is very, very different than the loneliness that I got from being abandoned by all the shit that was trying to control me and I was trying to control. And it's exactly what you're talking about, buddy. This this circle, it's like that freaking hellacious merry-go-round of the shit show that was my life. 
you know, and now I just want to stay in that emptiness, that nothingness, if you will, because at that sweet spot (laughs) that I also was trying to get to with the substances, if I can stay there, then the, the joy is limitless. It's just infinite. Yes. Um, Yeah. We we have to we have to reach that place of emptiness, don't we? That place of abandonment, or I I did too, Amy. I I think that's maybe we could describe that as our bottom, right? Yeah, thank you, uh, Craig. I like what Amy just says. I was um, I um, now I hate being lonely, but I love being in a place of solitude. I love just that time myself. Just to sit back and relax. It's, it's two completely different mindsets. Oh, I'm sat here all myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm sat here myself because you know what? There's nobody here bothering me except for myself. Um, the, just when you're talking about the... I, I, this is kind of going in the back of my head as well while we're talking about the... Um, you know how you would talk, you say there's the part that's the within and there's a part without, and then we're banging on about sponsors as well. Um, verse 66 um, talks about the siege. Um, it, it talks about the, 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 the sea king of a hundred streams, and it goes on to say, if the siege would guide the people, he must serve with humility. And I kind of swapped some of the words around. It's real, real clever what I do here. I change a couple of the words. If the sponsor would guide the people, he must serve with humility. If he would lead them, he must follow behind. In this way, the sponsor rules. The people mm. will not feel oppressed. I've never felt oppressed when I've worked in any of the steps. Mm. I've never felt that I've, I've been obligated to do anything. I've never, you know, we've never had the conversation where it says, look, you have to do this, otherwise you'll end up down by the bridge, you know, a bit. It's never been the case. It's always been a case. You have the free will to do this. Only you can. Only you can help yourself. Um, the when he stands before them, they will not count. Yeah. Okay. When you come to me, this is a good example of this. When you come to me with something and you're all upset, and you, I say, and I make a suggestion, I don't want. I said, you don't have to. Just depends on how long you want to be miserable. If you want to stop being miserable, this is what I would suggest you do. That is the nothing left. Mm-hmm. If you want to continue to have nothing left, like in that next to the last stanza there, just keep doing what you're doing. You're putting value on externals that you're trying to be the puppeteer. You know, you can't do it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just thought that was really good. That was a good analogy for that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, no, no, you're right. It's, 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 <laughs> That's usually followed by quit your bitching. Just quit your bitching. Just, you know, you're just, you're ungrateful so-and-so. You know, just really have a look at what you have. Have a look at what other people don't have. And then just decide, you know, who's, who's been the asshole here? You know, that's usually me. Um, I forgot where I was going with that because you sent me off on one. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 all about, it's, it's all about guiding it. But, but you know what? A lot of it's what Jesper was talking about as well, accepting that as well, a lot, a lot of this is acceptance. It took me a long, long time to accept the fact that I needed somebody in my life that was going to just show me the way to go. One of, 
one of the first things I said when I came into recovery, when I stopped drinking, Louise was like, so are, are you going to think about AA or anything? I was like, fuck no, hell no. Thank God, I, no way. Absolutely no way. I, I don't need a sponsor in my life. And I banged on with that for about 14 months until all of a sudden there's this cantankerous old getting a meeting. I was like, you know what? I really like what the guy was saying. Um, and then that's that's how that started. But it was accepting the fact that I couldn't do this anymore myself because Craig's way of doing things were coming back out again. And I could identify the behaviors that were coming out. I was getting, I was getting that restless, irritable, discontent. I was, I was just like grumpy sod all over again. I wasn't listening to what people were saying. I was trying to just impose everything. There's Amy, you, you're laughing. You, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to impose everything back on everybody. And you know what? The only difference was I wasn't drinking. That that was really, you know, I was trying to do things Craig's way and Craig's way had run out of doing it. I had to accept the fact that, you know, you know, if you're gonna keep doing this, you need help to do it. And that was a massive thing for me to do was to ask for help. But it was that whole acceptance thing. Um, I don't know if anybody else had issues accepting themselves when we came into recovery as well, because that was a that was a difficult thing. Who's he went? He's disappeared. Yes, but you gonna say something? Yeah, uh, just just what, what you were saying and um, something that just kind of stuck out. Um, I'll, I'll be quoting our, our literature as well. But, but like attraction rather than promotion uh, really hits home with me again. Uh, again, with the with the guy who is in the hidden, you know, and 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 talking about sponsors, you know, and and sponsees and the suggestions that we make that if you jump out of an airplane, you know, like bringing a parachute might be a good idea. You know, uh, you know, it's up to you, you know, and, you know, how, how much pain do you want to feel until, you know, you hit that bottom. And like what Amy was saying, like, yeah, it's like I, I had to have the feeling of having nothing left to being able to surrender, to being able to accept um, that that I needed help, that that I was powerless. And like, you know, my thinking couldn't think my way out of it anymore. Um, and you know, uh, that kind of humility, uh, which is, I'm still struggling with today because like, I still want to, you know, still have an ego. I still have, you know, um, um, but, but yeah, I think like, um, the attraction rather than promotion really stuck out. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to pluck that in there. So thank you yes, for, uh, Dennis. Yes, I'm just thinking here when we're sitting here talking a lot about the recovery and surrendering and all that. Then I'm looking at Kiri. Do you get anything out of this we're talking about? We're talking about a lot of, of surrendering sponsorship and, and how that should be done. And does all that fly over your head? Well, how does that affect you? Uh, that well, well, thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of emotions and thoughts going through my mind about recovery and what that means. And even if I even have the right to say something <laughs> or, you know, um, but anyway, I'll say it anyways. I just, uh, um, shoot, I was going to say something. I, so this all makes sense. And, and the, the part that always bugs me and someone, you just said, how do I stop thinking? Um, and my, uh, what I was thinking is all this is great. I know what I need to do. I knew, I know where I need to go. I just never know how to get there. And, you know, I can already hear the steps, right. To, you know, have gratitude and surrender and love other people. And 
maybe that's what I need to do and focus on that. But I somehow I can never get there. You know, how do I put that in place to, to, to make this happen? And that's always my struggle. Thank you, Carrie. Um, you know, um, you can always comment. You don't have to be one of us to comment on, on this. Don't you always can bring your comments in. Don't feel uncomfortable with that. But, um, that's the great thing about the steps. And I think one of the benefits we have in recovery is that we're pushed in this direction because if I don't uh, learn how to surrender, this is basically talking about surrendering my will. And if I don't learn to do that, it's going to kill me. It's going to kill me. This abandonment is going to be taken all the way to the most extreme level, which for me would have been death, would have been death. Uh, I want to read this last verse or this last little section. Uh, There is no deadlier weapon than the will. Now we get right down to the uh, nuts and bolts of this. No deadlier weapon than the will. The sharpest sword is not equal to it. There's no robber so dangerous as nature. Yet, it is not nature that does the damage. It is man's own will. You know, Dennis, that reminds me you have about uh, where they um, where they hid enlightenment, and they wanted to hide it somewhere that man couldn't find it. Ah, uh, the three wise men. Yes, yes. Tell that story, please. Oh, well, yes, it actually comes from uh, Joe and Charlie uh, talking about uh, recovery stories. So there was these three wise men that got the the key to eternal happiness. And uh, the first man, he said, well, let's hide it up on the on the highest mountain out there. They'll never find it there, people. And the other two go, no, we know them. People are curious. They're going to look. They're going to search. They're going to find it. So, okay, said the other. Well, let's hide it down the deep side of the ocean. They're never going to get down there. They can't breathe. The other said, yeah, but they're going to learn how to do it. They're going to build submarines. They're going to come down there. They're going to search, and they're going to find it again. And the third wise man said, let's hide it inside of themselves. They'll never find it there. Uh, Mm. Yeah, looking within, right? Yes. This whole thing's talking about turning that light around mm-hmm. and that this whole, uh, whole story is about learning how to surrender our will, learning how to surrender our will. Carrie, thank you, Dennis. I was just going to say, I mean, back to Dennis, I can, I can kind of relate a lot of it. Um, so I, I relate a lot of that to home improvement. The other day I was trying to do a light fixture and I got... It wouldn't come off. And I got so mad, I hit it with a screwdriver and broke it. Right. And then, but today, you know, I was living this. I was trying to clean windows. I was trying to get the screen off and it wouldn't come off. I was like, I could not figure it out. I had my wife come look at it. I couldn't figure it out. And I just kept easy. It's like, okay, it's not my fault. And, and kind of just it, the screen still on there. I couldn't figure it out, but I just figured a way around it. And uh, just let it go without the same anger, you know, not anything broken. And um, so, you know, I think everything's relatable. That that has taken me 30 years. Every time I'm trying to fix something, it doesn't work out. I'm going to blow a fit. And I just tell my wife it's a part of my creative process <laughs> to, to do that. Until now, I'm taking it more easy. But I have taken chairs and just tossed them around because it started raining and I was painting outside. So, yes, that's that's my part of expectations that I want to be. 
a step of ahead. I want to get to the goal line of what I'm fixing instead of just being in the moment and just focusing on that. That's actually interesting. Yeah. I'm happy I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that last paragraph, right? I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to insert my will on this. Gonna, this light fixture is going to go one way or the other. It went broken. Exactly. Thank you, Carrie. And th- and that's the thing. This is so practical, guys. This is so practical that and it is all about and it's my will that damages me. It, it's it's coming from within. It goes back to that idea that I want to blame others for my issues every time, but it has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with anyone but me. Yes, for. Yeah, just uh, on the last part there, there's no there's no rubber so dangerous as nature. Um, you know, with going against nature's will and, 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 you know, swimming against the stream, you know, with, with everything that, you know, especially now with, with everything COVID, you know, the first thing that popped in my mind, I think what saved my life was these old fishermen in, in my fishing village back in Denmark who said, like, if you get caught by the current, you know, like, don't try and get back to shore. You know, because like it, it will kill you. Like you might end up in Scotland, you might end up in Sweden, but you know, who knows? Like you, but you you'll live. And and when when you start fighting nature, you know, nature just does what nature does. You know, and 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 the world that we live in just seems to be doing what it's doing. But as soon as we start fighting it, you know, we uh, we lose control, and then we we end up, you know, in England. God forbid. You know, Scotland, even worse, right? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. You'll be fine as long as you don't end up in England. You know, if you, if you end up in Scotland, I'll make you a cup of tea. I'll, I'll just send you back in the boat. But just you, if you England. I'm actually I'm in Canada right now. So, yeah. But, you know, the interesting with this, Jesper, is that it says that even man, there, even with nature being such a robber if we try to push against nature the problem is not nature the real problem is our will our will is stronger that is our real problem uh is our is our own will yeah so i guess the question is what do we do about it what are the mechanics of how we surrender our will Hmm. that's the question for me is okay if my will is the problem, what do I do about it? So you guys, everyone uh, uh, except Carrie is in recovery. But even Carrie, when Carrie, when you have issue with something, how do you change your direction? If your will is taking you in a direction, what do you do to change it? You talked about it today a little bit. You just start taking it easy. You start. Is this really that important? Can I really, you know, that that whole, you soften it, in other words. You stop your control of the external, right? Yeah, and I think it's just a mindset going into it. I still struggle with it. You know, we were putting up Christmas lights, and I had to go outside and do it, and uh, it just wasn't working right, and I got mad. I was like, why am I spending all this money on these lights? I was already in a bad mood, and it just... You know, just went downhill from there. Not only was I not happy, my wife wasn't happy, the kids weren't happy, and you know, and it could have just been just let it happen. And you know, you know, attending these meetings and and you know, just kind of 
questioning that a little bit, that that's not working, um, was my solution is like, just, okay, take a step back or, you know, but being the right mind frame. So, yeah, thank you. Has anybody, uh, has anybody else ever worked the steps on taking Christmas lights down? I'm powerless over these fucking lights. <laughs> Make my life so unmanageable. <laughs> Mine are still up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't put them up at all. That's the only. That's the only fear I have of of adopting uh, kids right now. I have to put up Christmas lights. Being yes, that dad, I don't. Oh, but I'm in a, Yep, I'm interjecting right now because I think I I think the shift is changing the words from I have to to I get to. Get to yeah. Absolutely changing just a couple of words and repeating it over and over i get to put up christmas lights i get to take down christmas lights i get to i get to i get to the other thing i was thinking about was yeah i um i think that having you carry on here is is good for me to remember that um you know alcohol was but a symptom the bottles were a symbol like I, that I thought was my solution to, to this craziness in my head, this thinking. And so, yeah, I'm, I look at it as being grateful that it took that to get here. Right. So you just kind of bypassed all that bullshit and just got here hmm. to now trying to like, not that you're better or we're better or worse or what different or whatever, but. Um, I think it still all comes back to the shift in the mindset, right? Just that how can I, how can I maximize my physicality here on this earth right now? Because it's really still only temporary. So where, where is the joy? And the joy is in the moment right now. And do I have to do that right now? Or do I get to? That's a huge game changer for me. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Carrie. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, I'm not in recovery, but it doesn't mean that I don't have, um, you know, alcohol problems or other type of problems. And that, I don't want to share these with you, but, you know, I think that's part of the deal. Um, you know, if I had a good night, had a couple of beers and, you know, wake up kind of cranky the next morning and my wife asked me to go put up Christmas lights, it's going to be a bad deal. Right. So, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. And, um, and, and so I just don't want to make you think that I, you know, that I don't have those types of issues. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe I should be in recovery. Right. Um, the, the other part of it, too, I was looking at this verse today and I, I, I did a buddy and changed the word objects for alcohol and tried to um, try to relate that. And how, you know, I always say I don't really have a drinking problem. I have a stopping problem. Like, if I don't drink, I'm fine. But once I start, you know, I'm going to keep going until it's time for bed. And um, and it's like this. It's right. It says when, you know, you try to extend your power over alcohol, uh, those, that, you know, that alcohol gains control of you. And uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting. That's good, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, I got a resentment against you that I didn't come up with that. I should have. I would have. <laughs> That's a good one. 
Wow. Kerry, can I, just, can I just take you back to that concept of having a couple of beers? Could you explain that? Because my mind's rejecting how you have a couple of beers. I mean, how does that work? I mean, what's, what's the point in having a couple? <laughs> but is it really a couple or is, it that just what, is that just what he said? Because did anybody ever really have a couple? Well, my, my, my couple started with a six. Yeah, yeah. Couple was always four or five, and, a, and half a dozen was was a, was a case or something. I couldn't do the math. I actually didn't know when my wife said, "You know, a couple is only two, right?" And in my mind, I literally thought of as, at least being just four or five, at least. But <laughs> but buddy, yeah. there was something. What was it you said yesterday? This is actually what really indifferent us as an alcoholic. Something like it's not the problem that we're drinking; the problem is when we're not drinking. Something it's like really that. What cool. was that? Buddy. Yeah, it's, we're an alcoholic not because of how we feel when we drink. We're an alcoholic because of how we feel when we're not drinking. Mm. That that's really, and I heard someone say that maybe Sandy Beach. I don't remember who, but it wasn't me. Uh, but that was really a, or it could have been a sponsee. I didn't make a note beside it of who mentioned it. I usually do. Uh, but yeah, you're exactly right, Dennis. And you know. As far as my will was concerned, I did not have the power within myself to stop drinking. I could not stop drinking with willpower. It never, ever, ever worked for me. Um, so I had to have help with my alcohol. And the tools I used was when I surrendered and I stopped the fight, Stop trying to control like Carrie had talked about. And when I wanted to control, I put my energy toward encouraging someone else rather than all the self-will to help myself. I had help that was not my own. I, the light showed up like in the first part of this verse. The light showed up to guide me that was not of my own making. Um, Dennis? No, I already uh, asked the question or I said what I was going to say. The hand just okay. didn't come down. There okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jesper? It was just to carry um, like the, the 12 steps that we have in, in recovery, like only one time does it mention alcohol in the beginning. You can, you can switch that out with anything that you're powerless over. I accidentally once bought, I thought it was a 12 and 12, but it was a um, it was a 12 step recovery of like how to get out of debt, you know? <laughs> um, and you know, you can, you can switch that with everything. So, you know, it's like only in the first step, you know, does it mention alcohol and everything else is, you know, a living problem. So. Yes. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's the same. Uh, it's the same with the higher power as well. Just we, we, we can substitute the higher power. If I have financial issues, you know, I'm powerless over finances and, my higher power is nine times out of ten my wife because she's the one with the degree in accountancy and finances. So I just say, look, Louise, look, I need your help. It's all about that asking for help and accepting the fact that um, I can't do this. I don't know if anybody else is doing the steps. I don't know if anybody else had this thought that you know, maybe normal people should do the steps as well. The world would be a great place. Yeah, everybody's yeah, everybody's not. So before before I forget, can I just? Can I just I'm, I'm trying to get Kate from Edinburgh. On as well, she's she's really into this as well, and she's in recovery as well. And just you know, she's a really nice uh, person. Don't tell her I said that; she'll probably listen. Um, but I'm trying to get Kate to to join us next week as well. Um, Good, thank you, thank you. The more, the merrier. 
anyone else, guys? How did y'all surrender your will? How did you guys do that? Um, I, I personally just think I was lo- looking for God shots. I was looking for miracles because I was looking for God and the, I found them all. I just found things to be kind of miraculous. And that's how I changed my belief from not believing in any higher power, but myself to feeling like the universe now has my back long journey. But, you know, I started in 2007, the recovery journey. You know, Marla, I'm still having to do that. This is very calmly for me because I'm finding some ways that I'm still seeking approval and disapproval and, One thing I'm doing on this trip is taking some time to surrender some of those things that I was not aware that I was still trying to control and hold on to. So this is this is a very timely topic for me today because I was doing this very thing earlier today. Um, That's just how it works. Uh, Amy. Yeah, I was just thinking it's presumptuous to assume I've surrendered my will. I mean, I try. I do a lot better now than I used to. But, you know, back to the literature, once we have placed the key of willingness in the lock and have the door ever so slightly open, we find we can always open it some more. Though self-will may slam it shut again, as it frequently does. We'll always respond the moment we again pick up the key of willingness. Some days I feel like, all I'm doing all day long is surrendering, but I'd rather surrender, 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 and just keep on trying to surrender, you know, rather than picking up a drink. Um, this week has been challenging for me because I just want to, <laughs> I just want to quit my job and kill people like again, you know, <laughs> I feel like I've had this same mentality for a couple of weeks now and I'm just trusting the struggle and I'm just, you know, Okay, here we go. I picked up my self-will again. Oh, here you go, God. Take it back. Here you go, universe. Have this, you know. Um, But at the same time, I also realized that, you know, that light, that light is in there, right? It's in there. I know it's there. And I know that this too shall pass. Just got to trudge. Embrace the suck and trust the struggle. You know, Amy, there's two tools that I've, I've been using a lot and they bring me to gratitude. If I can that crack the door of willingness for me is crack the door of gratitude. If I can find some kind of gratitude, I can start finding the acceptance it takes not to go past what's within and try to control outward things. Uh, I use the thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. And then I'll replace the everything with whatever it is that I've I'm really not grateful for. (laughs) Thank you for exactly the thing I don't want to be thankful for, you know? And then the second thing I use is that whatever that is, that person, place, or thing, uh, I I, I use the, um, I would not change whatever it is, even if I could. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. You see, though, you see. I hear you. I hear you, and I'm willing to be willing to be willing. But definitely not there yet. <laughs> That's why I'm still here, right? That enlightenment is like way up on that hill somewhere. I'm trying to get to it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just really for me, it's just what that does is that causes me just to stop the fight. Just stop fighting. Just put 
put your weapons down. You've already surrendered, but you keep picking your weapons back up, you know, and surrender means you lay all your, it reminds me of the, you know, in the, uh, you know, the, the stories where you got the, you know, the little girl that's the superhero and she's putting all of her weapons down and she's got all these guns and knives and things on her. Like, Where'd she put all those things? You know, and I feel like that person, you know, where I've got all these weapons that I'm supposed to have put my weapons down, but there's a lot of weapons I didn't put down when I said that I put them all down, you know, or I'll start picking them back up slowly when no one's looking, you know, and uh, those two tools really helped me to, you know, Put down whatever weapons weapons I'm trying to hold on to. Yeah. Hmm. Anyone else? Yes, we're good to have you today, sir. Yeah, good to be here. No, I, I think what comes to mind again is just like you know turning it over. You know, when when we're faced with with the struggles of life throughout the day, and um, like if we're able to to pause and turn it over turn that wheel over like you know i've it's been suggested to me that i do that every morning i get up you know uh to have a better chance um again you know the self-will will it'll, it'll drive you know it only has one you know it wants things my way and 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 that rarely happens so i you know i run into people you know all the time where <laughs> where I just, I need to pause and turn it over because like without that, you know, um, I start thinking about it and I start building resentments and like, that's, that's not a good place for me to be. So I got to hand that over. And like, you know, I, I don't have the power myself to, to deal with that. So I, I gotta, I gotta give it to, to, to something smarter than me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's just all I have with that one. Thank you, sir. Good discussion today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I just want to warn you guys. It seems like we're two Danes here now. You're from Denmark, right, Jesper? Yeah, man. Yeah. See? I just warned you. I could see it on the little fishing boat you had behind you and then the story there. Yeah, yeah, A little yeah. bit on your accent, but yes. I see it on your accent, but yeah. Where are you <laughs> in the world now? I'm in Georgia. I'm actually not too far away from Amy. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, I'm up in Canada, but we can uh, let's connect later. Yeah, we can do that. You guys have a great week, and we will see you next week. Namaste. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.